Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans, analysts who have had to go underground in order to provide our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV and us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow us to stay employed while giving our unfiltered views on the air. So we've disguised our voices so they'll never know. It's uh, Friday afternoon, after hours. We're uh, having a couple of adult beverages. Can I say that here on the air, Burn? Licking our wounds. And, uh, yeah, kind of a tough week. But we've got a few disclosures. Uh, This show is for entertainment purposes only. We may know nothing about anything we're talking about here. Uh, Also, Or entertainment, either, for that matter. Yeah, we may not be entertaining. Also, uh, many conflicts of interest. We may own these stocks. We may be short these stocks. Our mothers may be running these companies, ladies and gentlemen, and we're just doing this as a gift to them. But uh, just know that we may we may have conflicts. Also, uh, start, just start what? with the start. They should everyone should yes. start with the assumption that we know nothing except what is on this sheet well, of paper we, from I, Value Line. I don't even tend to read these completely. Frankly, is that okay to say? Yeah. Uh, we're just kicking back. Okay. Uh, Every check in the interest of honesty. Yeah, that's right. Check all these disclosures and more, and there's photos at www.thevalueguys.com. Um, and uh, there's a survey there we'd love you to fill, fill out, so uh, check that out. This week we're looking at the May 23, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, and I'm going to be back at the back half of the show to talk about three really great ideas this week, Vern, I'm very excited about. Principal Financial. Well, maybe you should start. Uh, No, I'm sleepy. Oh, you're not going to tell us all the names now, are you? Yes, I am. Right Express and United Online, which uh, listeners know I've talked about before. But before I do that, with a uh, uh, medium amount of ado this week, let me introduce... My partner on the show, which I know there's not have a lot of alliteration there, Vern Value. I don't really think I deserve any more ado than that. So, well, no hard feelings. Okay, listen. Okay, nothing. I, I think this is a very interesting week in Value Line. Uh, if you look at the table of contents, the traditional table of contents. Well, you um, have my table of contents. No, this is my this table week. of is contents. It? Well, where's mine? But there's four industry groups in this week's value line. The bank industry, 25 bank. You know the little stars that value line puts next to in the individual yeah. stocks? One star means they like it a little bit. Two stars is a one rated. Yeah. No, I know about that. The computer software and services industry and the Internet industry both look like nighttime constellations. Don't they? I mean, there's stars all over the place. Bank industry, 25 stocks. No stars. Well, there's probably value there. I just buy a little of each one. That'd be my advice. Financial services, diversified industry, 50 stocks, one star. Okay. Crawford and Company. I pay no attention to what they're uh, doing. But we managed to find a little bit of. Uh, we found. Some I stuff have a couple in, of good uh, ones in here. The financial this week. services industry, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But first, I didn't I'm even, going to. You know, I, we, I just want to say, yeah. I wanna, there's a there's a friend that's a subscriber. Yes. We were supposed to call him. Oh, I'm, about I'm, this show. I, I'm very upset because We've I got think listeners. We have somebody bonus. that we can. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do something new on the Value Guys very soon, and it's going to be we have a guest. Uh, well, it, a, a guest guy. For those of you that would like to mark your calendars, I'd guess it'll be about approximately three maybe months from now, thirteen weeks from now. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a, a good friend who wants to get on the show, so we're going to make room. He's a bank expert, if there could be such a thing. Well, this is how it came up because yeah. neither one of us is a bank expert. I don't know. I just and they're cheaper than two, they've ever one been. One or two of the issues in every rotation of value. Line. I just want to say 
for value buyers, these banks are cheaper than they've ever been. It's really hard to figure out exactly what's in there because we've tried in the shop, and you can make guesses. But buy a little of, of all of them if you think that the economy will ever grow again, well, and it'll and, be a good return. Just try to buy simple fundamentals like growing regions of the country or right, um, population rapidly growth. growing deposit uh, base yeah. or demographics okay. play that. Okay. Um, so, but the first stock I'm going to talk I'm going to talk about this week is a stock that I believe I talked about last time. I'm not sure. If it was the last time, I hope it was, because the last time would have been after the stock collapsed by um, more than a third, I mean, approaching 40%, really. Um, right at the very end of the year, I guess, is when it happened. Um, stock recently at 24 traded above four, uh, highs above 40 in each of the prior five years. Um, stock at one time approached $50 in late 2005. Fair Isaac makes... Um, well, they, in Value Line's description, they say that they produce or provide decision-making solutions to clients in financial services, telecom, and retail industries. Their main products are rule-based analytic tools designed to make businesses more profitable. So it's a way of trying to take best practices, the best way to uh, make a decision, analyzing exactly uh, exactly what the elements of the correct decision-making process are, and then developing yeah. decision rules that will automatically get you through that which, of course, you want to make sure no FICO human score. being would simply make a mistake. The FICO on. score is a good example of it. Well, they invented it. Fair Isaac Corp. Corp. FICO. Yeah, symbol yeah. FIC. Right. They haven't. It hasn't really turned out that well for them recently. Products score include not working application so well right scoring now. <laughs> models, right? Behavioral yeah. scores and credit bureau scoring okay. services. They're not scoring properly. Well, I, you know, there, there's a, demand might be down for one of the most common uh, reasons to uh, be assessing uh, uh, credit scores, namely buying a house. And there's been, uh, you might have read, there have been a few issues in the financial services industry since the beginning of the but year. But they've had all these scores wrong. People are defaulting that they said would never default. Now they've got to make their model better and uh, – and they'll roll it out, and, yeah. and people will end up paying. They have a little egg on their face. So. To, oh, of course they do. The stock's down a ton. Yeah. So the question is, does this present an opportunity to the value buyer? Is there an so. opportunity to restore the uh, the reputation? I for believe so, Vern. A fair. I want to state that here today. Fair, Isaac. <laughs> I, I have 10 times gross cash flow in a number that's down more than 15% off of last year's numbers. It's 12 times free. So I, I think a high-quality uh, there are three inside buyers since the collapse in the stock price took it into a 20 to 22 range, I think is where the buying probably happened. Even Value Line says look for expected longer-term return between 17 and 29%. I, the average P.E. over the last uh, 15 years, I think, of history here, um, in any given year, 16 back in 94, that's where the stock is today. All the other numbers are 18 or above, most uh, most years in the 20s. Operating margins historically in the mid-20s to uh, mid -20s to mid-30s, driving Pretty in good. most years uh, double-digit, even high teens, return on total capital. Recently, 20% uh, expected to be 10 with the decline in earnings. Challenging uh, environment, of course, because of an unprecedented decline in housing, uh, which has destroyed, uh, you know, or tarnished their reputation, as you point out. Yeah. Uh, compounded well, by a lockup really. in uh, a lockup in spending in the financial services industry, but ultimately uh, events in both cases that will lead to 
greater demand greater for rule-based yeah. decision-making and They're going to argue that tools. they need better returns in Absolutely. order to drive the technology to make better models. Right. Yeah. So I've got uh, an enterprise value right now with uh, about $580 million of debt, uh, about $100 million of cash on the balance sheet. So uh, debt-to-total capital uh, manageable, particularly because out of the 580 you always want to read the capital structure notes and value line. $367 million is represented by a 1.5% convertible note. Um, these are those contingent converts that uh, were popular a few years ago, which means that um, they cover interest uh, much better than you would guess given the level of debt that they have. And uh, if we were any closer to the conversion value in the stock price, you could even argue that this is really equity. But um, apparently convertible at $44 a share. You'd rather have it not 24. convertible with that rate. Exactly, right, right now. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so uh, with all of that debt counted, however, as debt, because we don't want it converted and it is unlikely to happen, $1.6 billion of enterprise value, about $150 million of what um, – uh, value line calls operating income, which we think is EBITDA, basically. That's a weird um, thing. So a little over 10 times, but that's obviously a distress number. Something like 250, um, a 250 million would be closer to a normalized um, profit level. And then you'd be talking, I mean, this is really what, uh, six times uh, a normalized number. So uh, it looks like a, a good uh, valuation. And uh, they apparently have already announced some significant restructuring, uh, which are going to add or targeting $35 million of pre-tax earnings. That's about $0.50 cents a share on an earnings base of, oh, my goodness, $1.50 or $1.80 or $1 or whatever. Anyway, a very large number. And um, they talk about their uh, the challenging, uh, you know, the, the, the reason Value Line has a 4 rating on it is because of the uh, financial services sector, which, of course, we see as an opportunity. Well, you may so. have to wait a little while on that one. Oh, I think absolutely. But I'm, I'll probably try not to talk about it when it comes up next time in rotation. And then I've got two names from the financial services industry that Value Line has rated three, and in the case of Alliance Bernstein, five. But I'm going to start with Ameriprise Financial. This, of course, was spun out from uh, American Express. This is a retail financial planning, asset management, insurance business with uh, – Almost 12,000 financial advisors and 3,600 offices. So a big asset wow. gathering machine, if you will, um, that has uh, underperformed recently. The stock's down 30% from an all-time high last year, around $50, more than a 20% discount to market, about 13 times earnings, yields over 1%. I have uh, a net cash position of $1.9 billion. I have a $1 billion subprime portfolio. Okay, now how much? What do you? What kind of haircut do you think I need to give myself on the on a billion of subprime? Twenty five. Right now, that's yeah. the book value. Yeah. Yeah, twenty five. Twenty five percent. So I'm going to take a two hundred fifty million dollar hit on the subprime. I have two hundred twenty million shares outstanding. So just a little over a dollar on a fifty dollar stock, one time event. It's not an annuity, of course. So um, I, I, I'm not too worried about the fact that there's some subprime exposure here. As I mentioned, I have twice as much cash as debt on the balance sheet. So my enterprise value is actually a couple billion dollars under the $11 billion market cap, or a little over nine. Mm -hmm. According to Value Line, I can count on, even with my margins depressed by, um, I, you know, I've had some asset out, uh, you know, I've had some asset flow out. Yeah. Um, Threadneedle, that's a UK institution, $2.6 billion in the, I guess this is the first quarter, River Source about six hundred million. 
Um, and of course, just the, the you know the equities coming in has, takes the uh, billable asset base down. Um, it, even with the, that margin compression, I have about 1.8 billion in operating income, and my enterprise value is less than five and a half times that. So I've got a fairly significant discount on the, what I think is a valuable business. May not grow terribly fast over a long period of time, but um, I mean they they have a they have a huge asset base and. Uh, that's where the money is, as you like to point out so often. Uh, operating margins in the 20% range. Uh, Ameriprise, AMP is the symbol. And uh, in some ways, that's, that's why I like Alliance Bernstein as well. Um, this, this business is a machine, and in a world where uh, uh, Wall Street's reputation for uh, fair and balanced counsel and advice to their you know, long-term uh, uh, long and trusted clientele has been tarnished over the last 10 years, Alliance Bernstein's reputation really unsullied through most of that. Well, and their um, research department is just viewed as the is best. considered exemplary. And we don't work there, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. And this is just their black book in the research area is a coveted piece of work, and they've maintained that all these years. Uh, Alliance Bernstein, formerly Alliance Capital, okay, so this is Alliance bought Bernstein, which is you put together yeah. a huge uh, equity and fixed and income money manager and a giant uh, research and investment uh, advisory business. Um, and um, how much money do they have in terms of assets? Does it say it doesn't? I mean, it's That's so frustrating weird. that there's no information about. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, there is. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> What's eight, that number, sir? Uh, eight hundred billion. Eight hundred billion. Let's say they earn a point. That's eight billion. Money managers sell. Yeah, but they, four they're, to five. they're earning uh, four and a half billion in revenue. Well, they got other businesses, of course, right? Yeah. Uh, what? Four, what? Four billion? Yeah. No, this says eight hundred and eighty million. That's what this says for assets under management, which cannot be correct. Oh, okay. Hmm. I mean, it can't be right. It says 880. This is millions. See? It says millions. Sorry. Yeah, Just, that's not That's right. not the right number. That's not right. It's probably billion, which means you have 8 billion times 4 is 32 billion. What's the market cap? Uh, 16 billion. So there you go. It's half off. If those numbers, if the numbers I just made up are, are right, so which I, I, not, I think we're, I think our, we don't know on that. I think our advice in this particular situation is that it appears that at uh, eleven times cash flow and the stock down thirty percent, again because of uh, you know sector issues um, and some pressure on their own numbers because of pressure on their customer base and again assets under management. Um, is on sale, I think. But that's uh, got to be billions. You need to find out what the asset base is to be that's able to key. value the pieces here. But uh, it looks to me like about a fifteen billion dollar enterprise value, and that I have something like um, uh, one point six to one point eight billion of uh, operating income, as it were. So maybe like an eight multiple, also very attractive for a money manager. I think. Uh, uh, looks I very like attractive. It. I looked so, at Leg Mason this uh, week. Alliance Bernstein symbol AB. This is much cheaper than uh, Bernstein is. I mean, uh, leg. Uh, than Leg is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I gravitated to it. So, um, not a financial sector expert. I really wish we had our uh, friend Mr. Ratio here. Mr. Uh, Ratio. <laughs> oh, P, uh, Pete Edward. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Pete okay. Edward, right. Yeah. We're working on it. Yeah. Well, give us a okay. Chance. Well, here's our. Uh, oh, so let me turn it over yeah. now. Yes, sir. To the. Um, to the, um, I can't think of the, uh, the man with the new clock. I did bring one. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice there's no beeping. Why? New clock. Val had to bring a clock 
that doesn't beep. Okay. Okay, come on. You need to get moving. I think I talked All right. a little bit All right. Well, long. whatever. Okay. I've got three ideas this week. The bank sector, just buy a little bit of each one. It's really a good bet. Take, at a minimum, 5% of your portfolio. Split it among those 20. Buy each one. You'll be glad you did. Okay. Here's some other companies that I like, uh, all of which I own this week. That makes it easy. I did less work than usual, ladies and gentlemen. So I just, I actually have a lot of conviction about these. I own them. They come up every few months. Oh, by the way, and my theme on those stocks oh, great. was that if consumers are pulling in, they're going, going to be saving their money. And well, so assets. Um, no, they don't have any money to save, though. No. <laughs> You're going to take a year or so. No, in discretionary. They're the going the to... story with those guys, in my opinion, is uh, market share gains that, you know, in these uncertain times, people will gravitate toward better brands. Uh, and particularly high-quality names in financial services, and those guys are actually getting share. Yeah, no, that's my. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Please uh, go ahead. No, listen, no problem. Any time, Vern. Okay. Um, listen, if you're still with us after Vern's interruptions, let me just go ahead here. Page 2577, Wright Express, ticker WXS. Why do I like it? Well, first of all, it's uh, not as cheap as I'd like, but it's about 11 times cash flow. Gross, they don't spend a lot in CapEx, 250 a share estimated for next year, stock at 32. So what's that? Quick math, 13 times free cash, that might be 7%, 8% cash on cash return. And then Value Line says they're going to grow cash flow at 17%. So a shortcut return, you know, Bill Miller uses this. It's not rocket science by any means. Uh, but if you take the cash flow return plus growth, that's some rough guess on you know, returns. And this one comes out pretty high on that measure. What do they do? They're a payment processor for fuel. So they go out and get big fleets that companies manage of salespeople or delivery people or whatever, and they provide the credit card for gas and sundries that then all flows through the CFO. Gasoline and fuel for big sales organizations has become such an important part of the cost structure that there's whole departments focused on this, and Wright Express has a product you can imagine it's really software-based where a CFO who can operate a mouse can manage fleets of thousands of vehicles, just clickety-click-click, and you can see what every route's doing and what the you know, savings is and the productivity of every driver. You combine that with GPS, and you have a really great information tool here on what's a huge investment in vehicles and drivers. So Wright Express is serving a certain niche. They're not at the high end. They historically were bundled up with companies that sold credit cards. They were owned by Safeguard Services. Uh, they were owned by CUC International, Household Finance. So one of their big things is managing the risk of having all these receivables out that are tied to the price of gas or buying gas in bulk and then having it for a little while. So they hedge as best they can. I think they have to do it with fuel oil futures or something because of their scope. Uh, but, you know, that's a risk here that you don't know what's happening. There's a black box room somewhere at right where a bunch of physics majors are trying to make sure that they can't get wiped out by swinging gas prices. And I'd say historically they do a great job at this. They return uh, upper teens to low 20s on uh, capital. They're, not, they're a little bit leveraged, so they've been doing upper 20s and low 30s percents on equity. I find that to be very attractive. Uh, their balance yeah, but sheet... But I'm not clear. Do they benefit from... $4 gasoline well, prices Well, here's the or rub not? on that. 
they, that flows through their income statement, and then the hedge flows through. So uh, they have to report realized and unrealized gains. Sometimes when you're hedged, you have wild losses because fuel's moving against you, but then you have big gains flowing through somewhere else. But Wall Street gets very confused about the earnings flow here on gap accounting, and it's wildly variable. So they report a number that they try to, you know, get out the hedge cost. But ultimately, that fact is why I think this company is going to get bought out by a big financial institution that already has a big hedging operation and can bury their volatility of earnings internally so you get a higher multiple. The street wants to pay a little less for this because of the volatility, but if you're part of Citibank or Citigroup, you know, it's internal. It all hedges out, and so the street doesn't get surprised. And I think ultimately because of that, it's more valuable to be part of an organization, and I own it for that reason. Meantime, you're getting these great returns on capital. Their balance sheet's pretty good. Um, from a cosmetic point of view, their revenues and earnings are going to be surging right now on gap because of these fuel prices, but then they're losing on the hedge. So, you know, but that'll fool people for a little while, not the potential buyers. So maybe a transportation leasing company like GATX or somebody? That, you know, that somebody uh, that leases truck fleets? Or? No, they want to be on the information side. They don't okay. want to own truck fleets. It could be that... Uh, no, I'm talking about who would buy who them. Who would buy them, yeah. yeah. But, you, you know, ultimately, this is used to attract uh, customers to get more of their business. If you're Citibank, you want companies to have all their expenses on your card. Yeah. If you can lure them with this hot whiz-bang software that lets you manage giant fleets, then the rest of the organization, you know, the hotel and taxi cab business. Well, I was thinking about trying to develop a sort of strategically in the company a natural hedge. If gas prices are bad for them, it can be maybe good for the other business that has bought it, right? Yeah, well, and vice know, maybe versa. Maybe there's a fee in it for you if you can find a buyer. I don't care who well, buys it. Well, it might affect your then your hedging costs if you had some natural hedge in one direction and you thought that that was the most likely direction it would go. Yeah, but you'd have to match it up perfectly, or you'd still need an outside hedge anyway, unless you found no, a I'm company. No, you would use an outside it. hedge. Yeah, but it would be cheaper. Sell it also, and you well, gain an advantage over it, competition. It could be, but you know, uh, most likely buyer probably American Express or Citibank or some big financial organization like that. Right, a, Express, WXS. That was interesting. Uh, page twenty-five seventy-seven. Remarkably. Okay, now uh, next up. Wait a minute. I'm sure most what of happened? our listeners are thinking the same thing I as don't well. Know. Maybe they are. Let's see. And I own that one, by the way. Okay, next up. Yeah, you made that clear. Principal Financial, PFG, page 2570. Can't quite read my own writing. 75, I think, on that one. We, I pulled this off the Internet. Anyway, what's the story here? Principal's a big insurance company, right? So you think. But they really have a secret money management firm inside there. In fact, these guys have $311 billion in assets. Leg Mason has $900 billion. You know they're a money manager. These guys are hiding $311 billion in money management assets inside of an insurance company, Salesforce, that you trust with your insurance. So, of course, you're going to hand over some of your money to them, and they're slowly gaining share. Uh, they're putting up a uh, mid-teens return on equity, which isn't great, but it's getting better every year, and I think it's going to continue to get better as the percentage of their business that's money management fees grows relative to the insurance business. Uh, they're trading at what? Uh, I can't quite, you know, 11 times earnings right now uh, on 09. I think that's pretty cheap. They have a lot of cash flow that they tend to use for uh, buying shares back. 
The book value is 30 bucks here. You know, that's a great chart. Well-run banks trade at two times. These guys kick ass on a bank, so uh, they trade at less than two times. Um, earnings this year are going to be a little sluggish. That's why we're getting a little pullback in the stock. Consumers just don't have the money to put into insurance and financial services right now, but that's all going to come back. Uh, they're going to grow with GDP and wealth, and they're also going to gain a little share because it's a trusted guy. It's like, you know, someone you trust saying, hey, how about if I run some of your fun money? Well, you're going to give that guy some of your money, and it looks like a great entry point. 17% uh, debt to capital, which I like. Uh, Value Line thinks they're going to grow earnings at 11%. And, you know, I don't exactly have a cash flow number for you here, but earnings are probably a good estimate of cash flow. So you get some kind of 9% earnings return, 11% uh, growth. That's 20% for something pretty stable in my book. Principal financial PFG. And then finally, something we've talked about before. United let, me, let me echo that sentiment. On which one? Bro? Finally. Finally. Okay. Well, listen, I'm sorry you're not enjoying my uh, part of the show this week. Burn. Anyway, United Online, UNTD. What? Don't you have anything to say for yourself? No, I don't. Uh, this company is an Internet company. Now, that used to get you 100 times earnings back in 01. What's now it doesn't. Like now it gets you, well, 15. Okay. Now, they have two businesses, one that's going away, which the street doesn't like, and one that's in the ascension. Uh, half their business is $9 a month dial-up telephone Internet access. And while that doesn't seem like a lot, that translates into $100 a year, and there's not a lot of businesses that wouldn't love to have a $100 a year customer and, that's but plugged how in. how fast is it shrinking? Okay. It does have a half-life. Now, we've calculated <laughs> it just like the erosion of carbon atoms, okay? And it looks like that, uh, you know, three okay. years from now. So we'll assign that a PE of zero, yeah. What's the well, so no, what no, 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 what no. is the rest you of got, it that's no, at thirty don't, times? Though, not at all. You take the present value of the cash flows, and we can measure this. Three years from now, it'll be half what it is. Three years later, half, 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 and you can present value that all at a low interest rate because no, it's pretty certain. With the underlying assumption that fifteen years from now we're still using their no, product. Listen, no, not at all. You only no. need about six years of this bleeding oh. off. Okay. Meantime, they so own. So the present value of the listen, next six years. Listen, can I tell the story, please? I'm just trying to make sure you're well, accurate with you your just, formula. Why don't you? I am. Trust me. Now the other. The listener. Are you done now? Yes. Okay. United Online, the other half of their business is uh, classmates.com, which is a place you go and meet all your old classmates, etc. That's in the ascension. Internet advertising is growing faster than any other advertising medium. Everyone thinks advertising is in a recession, but Internet advertising is growing uh you know, maybe 30% this year. It's measurable, et cetera. It's the advertising medium of choice. The growth there is masked by the uh, weakness in the economy, but uh, frankly, that's going to come back. Internet's gaining share, and these guys have a very strong property. It's, I'm not sure where it ranks right now. I think it's in the top 20 of uh, properties. They have a couple things with it. And the only thing I don't know is they, this says they just bought, had a definitive agreement to buy the FTD group, which could be the flower group, and... Uh, you know, they may be taking a page out of 1-800-Flowers here and have a reason for people to come back and hook them in. I'm not so sure about that. But they've been a good steward of capital. They earn mid-teens returns, no debt, 7% uh, yield. I like this one a lot, and Bernstein you know, got me I forgot to mention that I have almost a 7% yield on Alliance Bernstein as well. So oh, uh, also good. had a good yield yeah. vehicle. Well, My favorite idea, that. Fair Isaac? Uh, mine is uh, Wright Express this week. No, it isn't. 
Audible, Principal Financial. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.